Hello and welcome to the For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and the people love darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Locust and Honey podcast. My name is Matt. And I'm Andrew. And today is a little bit different for Andrew and I. We're trying to figure out how to do this thing on an iPad. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it been fun. It has been a doozy of a time. But um, yeah, I'm excited about today's episode and... I hope that you are as well. Andrew. Yes. What you been up to, man? It's been a while since we've talked to you. Oh, well, I've been uh, trying to get our house ready for us to move in, and we got it ready, and we are moved in. And nice. so that would be what I would affirm if we're to that point yet. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <affirm>. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we got moved in, and um, it's uh, it's been good. We've painted... Most of the inside of the house, we still have a couple of rooms we want to do, but that's okay. We were able to get all of our stuff in there and living there, and that makes it all a lot easier. Yeah. Know? So um, it's been good. Sometimes I find myself uh, just kind of not being able to believe the fact that we're in a house, you right. know, instead of a yeah. apartment, you know. Um, that's still kind of getting used to that, but. Um, a good thing to have to get used to though so we're excited well that's awesome yeah. all right so your affirmation is what it would be getting moved into our house you affirm that you've moved into your house i have indeed moved into we have indeed moved into our house and so yes i would affirm that, that so are true. you affirming that you love to move no i do not love do to you move. deny that that is something I do deny. <laughs> it's not my denial for the day, but right. it is something I do deny. It is, it is tough. But, excuse me, we got really good movers, and uh, they helped out a lot. We, though, still had to move a bunch of little stuff. So it really took, I mean, it took like three or four days because yeah. we had to move a bunch of little stuff from our apartment to the, and like it's all weird. Not weird stuff, but, like, it's all kind of awkward yeah. stuff that you can't really get in, like, one trip. So, like, even taking it to the car, I mean, we had to go, it was, like, almost a box at a time. Right. It was, ugh. So, I'm glad we're done with that. Yeah. But. Moving yeah. is fun. Moving's great. All right, so what do you deny today? <laughs> I deny. So, if y'all have been um, listening for a little bit, I don't know how much we've mentioned it or not, but. I know we've mentioned it, but I don't know how much. Matt and I are coaching Matt's middle son, Ezra, in baseball. Go Cards. Go Cardinals. Elijah, Matt's oldest son, these are both my nephews, are also is also on the Cardinals, but he's on the 7-under Cardinals, yep. not the 6-under Cardinals, which is what Ezra's on. Um, and I think this has been a really crazy experience for me. Because well, so you come from a big-time baseball background. Right. So, and baseball is very serious where I come from. Yeah. Like, it's, like, we, there are probably a do half a dozen players playing in the major leagues right now from my county and the surrounding counties. Yeah. Like, it is, and they all, it was all around the same time they all broke out. Uh -huh. Like, so it is intense. Right. But what I've seen here <laughs> is full out insanity. Would you say that it pales in comparison? I would. I don't know. Like it. The thing or is, it's is probably like, equal to. It's but just different. Yours was on like a high school level, and this is like six year old. Right. It's just different. Yeah. Like it, it, I would say it's 
Okay, so what we're talking about is it's just very competitive where I grew up. Baseball is. Baseball here is also very, 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 very. It's very competitive, but like they are taking it to just an extreme level that it's, it's their six and seven year olds that we're coaching and that we're watching. And it's like everybody is already trying to boost their child into a position where they will be the star in high school and go to college or get drafted. Yeah. And it's like when you're six and seven years old, you don't have any idea. You're when <laughs> you you're six, I mean? you're still hoping like, that your glove catches the ball and right, your face. Right. When you're yeah. six, you're still trying to figure out where the bases are. And then like but even beyond that though, I don't know. I grew up in a time where baseball was becoming a bit more of a sport that you specialized in. Baseball's a little bit different than other sports, I think, in that it really there are a lot of people that decide to specialize in it, which means that they decide that they're just going to play baseball from an early age and they're not going to touch any other sports. Like they're not going to play football, they're not going to play basketball, and all that stuff. I started playing baseball exclusively in high school. Right. And I regret that. I wish I had stuck and stuck with football and played it yeah. in high school. Um, because at the end of the day, your chances of making it to the major leagues are very slim. Yeah. Because not, it does not just have to do with talent. It's got to do with luck. You, you've you got to not get hurt. <laughs> you've got right. to... Well, now, you would know, you define that as luck? Well, no. Providence. <laughs> but, like, you've got to not get hurt. You've got to know the right people. You don't have to know the right people. I mean, if you're good enough, they'll find you. But, like, you... It is a very, very, very slim chance you're going to make it to the major leagues, which is the only real thing that like specializing in baseball would really benefit benefit you in. You yeah. know what I mean? And so why would you then go and throw away an entire experience of playing football or an entire experience of playing basketball or an entire experience of being a kid or being involved in a youth group or in church or things like that yeah. to just specialize in baseball? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And And that's something that I saw starting to happen when I was growing up in a at a younger age and it was increasingly getting younger. So I stopped playing football in high school. So I specialized in baseball. There were kids as I started to, you know, get out of high school that I would look back and see started to specialize in middle school. And they'd say, well, I'm going to just focus on baseball in middle school and go to lessons and do all this stuff. It's like, okay, we're here and you've got six and seven year olds who are out taking lessons, playing baseball year round. Oh yeah. At six and seven, which is just mind-boggling to me. I know. So that would be what I deny. Don't do that. That is not good. (laughs) You are not going to get any further in baseball at six and seven years old if you specialize. You're just not. Well, I think at that point, like, you've made clear what you're worshiping. Oh, yeah. You know, and and what you're teaching your kids to worship as well. And so the problem that we've faced in this league is there's a bunch of parents that that is life and for our kids it's not life that's Mm -hmm. just a way for them to have friends and build teamwork and work through different things you know right um and they they have fun with it and it's exercise for them um but they're both pretty good at it and so there's been the struggle of that you know we're this is not my boys aren't going to be playing for the Braves, um, <laughs> but they're doing good and they're doing mm-hmm. better than most of the travel ball kids and all of that. And, uh, and so there's a lot of politics and there's a lot of everything. So like our team that we're coaching in six, U, we picked blind yeah. our team. We, we didn't know we were coaching Talk when they had Providence. <laughs> and, uh, but so, you know, we got a list of the kids and their scores. And so we picked a team, and we've actually got a pretty good team. Yeah. Um, a bunch of guys that might have got overlooked because nobody knows their brothers or their dads or whatever, you know, but we put together a good team. We're six and one. And, um, and, and so it's been, it's been going really well. But that's made a lot of the other guys mad, like the, the old salty dog coaches that have been, 
kid coaching. Here's the thing. They can't be that old because it's six and under. I know. (laughs) And so, but yeah, it's been interesting. It's been, uh, yeah, an experience. It has been crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I would deny that. I would deny specializing in baseball and worshiping it as an idol. Here, here. Well, worshiping it as an idol and then specializing in it when you're seven. I would affirm your denial. But, yeah. all right, so my affirmation, this Sunday is Mother's Day, and I am going to affirm the women in my life that have helped shape me into the man that I am today. So um, we did a video uh, for church, and I was kind of saying the same thing, but there's three women specifically that have shaped who I am, and that's been my grandmother, my mom, and then my wife. And so um, shout out to them. Um, Andrew shouts out to Mimi. Mimi. His mom. Yep. And mom, uh, grandmother's Emma. Emma. His wife. My wife. She's not but a mom yet. But she's not yet, a mom yet, so just revoked. <laughs> <laughs> she shapes me too. Yeah. So But um but yeah. So that's that's my affirmation is the mothers that the Lord used in my life. Uh, my mom's mom, my mom, and then my children's mom. So but that leads me into my denial. And my denial is our culture in light of the leak of Roe v. Wade. And that brings up a question. And the question that I have is, do women really have the right to choose if a baby lives or dies in their womb? Is that the, what you're, are you asking me that? I mean, that I, like I, I w- the, that's what I want to talk that's about. Like the, okay. Yeah. That's what I want to discuss with you yeah. right now is so, and, and it kind of ties in though to what we were going to actually be discussing today, which is truth and what is truth. Um, even the passage, even the passage that I read, um, so Everybody knows John 3.16, but most people don't read John 3 before that or after that. They just, they can quote John 3.16, but they have no clue what it says after that. And I think it's very important and very applicable to us because it talks about whoever believes in him is not condemned, but who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment that the light has come into the world and the people love darkness rather than they love the light because their works were evil. That is our culture today. The light has come into the world. We um, are a nation that was founded on the idea that the light has come into the world. Our laws and our um, everything about how we were formed is pointing to that light but the people love their works that are evil um and they love the darkness rather than they love the light then it goes on and it says for everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed and i think what's being seen right now in culture uh is there are works being exposed and people are freaking out about that. Mm. Like cockroaches, when you turn on the garage yeah. and there's a cockroach on the floor and it just freaks out and scampers and, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so, but then the last thing, but whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. And so it even here talks about whoever does what is true comes to the light. Um, and, and so next week we'll kind of dig more into that. What is true? What is truth? And, but today I just wanted to kind of talk about that. So is it true that a woman has the right to choose what she does with the baby inside of her body? What would you say? Um, I would say no, 
the woman does not have the right to choose what she does with the baby inside of her body because ultimately the Lord is the one who is making that child and that child is the Lord's, right? So we are not our own, whether unbeliever or believer, we are made in the image of God and we are, um, we were formed by him. And, um, and so therefore we don't have the authority to decide something like that. We don't have the authority to give life. And the only time I guess we have authority to take life away is is when it's a situation where justice is being carried out and that authority is given by God. But there right. are no circumstances in which any, any authority has been given by God to give life because he's right. the only one who can. All right, and so... so let me ask you this then. We are Georgians. Mm-hmm. We live in the state of Georgia. And there is a lady running for governor mm-hmm. named Stacey Abrams. She tweeted this. Let me know if you affirm this statement or deny it. As a woman, which she's able to define what a woman is. So that's cool. Even though she's <laughs> not a biologist. No. As a woman... I am enraged by the continued assault on our right to control our bodies and our futures. As the next governor of Georgia, I will defend the right to an abortion and fight for reproductive justice. Do you agree with Stacy, or do you disagree? I disagree because we don't have any right to control our bodies or our futures. That okay. all holds, that is all in the hands of our Lord, right? Okay. We don't have any control over any of that either. Because one of the things that I talked about in Sunday school last week was oaths, right? So, um, why it's so in Matthew 5, Jesus talks about oaths and he says, Do not make an oath by anything in heaven or anything by earth or by Jerusalem. And then he goes on to say, you, you can't take a hair, a black hair on your head and turn it white. Right. Yeah. We don't have the authority to make oaths. The Lord's been doing that to me though. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have the authority to make oaths because we don't have any authority over the future. And an oath is a promise for the future. Right. So in that same way, we ju- it just it is an authority issue. We don't have the authority for that. Well, and I you think know? it's funny too the way that she worded it. As a woman, I'm enraged by the continued assault on our right to control our bodies and our futures. Mm-hmm. I think if women were controlling their bodies, they would not right. be ending up needing an abortion. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it's not just women. So I'm not saying um, that unplanned pregnancy is women's fault right it's men's fault it's women's it's people that are lost Mm -hmm. you know uh people that are worshiping self and self-pleasure and all of that there's a lack of control um the opposite of what christ brings is chaos christ Mm -hmm. is order he is structure you know he took nothing and made structure and order and you know so we have we have scientific laws we have mathematical laws we have economical laws we have all these things that we're calling laws but the only reason they're laws is because that's how God made them and they're going to do what he made because he brings order and structure and um but the opposite of that is chaos and when we forsake God and we try to take off the biblical restraints, it only brings chaos. Mm-hmm. And and so what she's saying is that she's fed up with not being able, uh, this assault to, um, to not have a right to control her body or her future. And what she means by that is if I live life the way that I want to live and I end up getting pregnant, who are you to tell me I can't kill that child so that I can continue to keep my job yeah. and continue to be putting my business first or my and, whatever that and is first? What that demonstrates is what that does is it refutes the argument that's made by a lot of pro-choicers, which is, well, you need to do it for the one who's been raped. Or right. You need to do it for the one of you know who's a victim of incest. Right. That's not, first of all, even in those circumstances, it's still an authority problem. Right. But second of all, it, 
that's not even that right there is the heart. It is like that. The rape and the incest is not the heart. That is a justification. It's an outlier, right? And it's what people use to to talk about. But that's not what the movement's pushing right. for. The majority of abortions are because of inconvenience. So, um, so I was thinking about this, and been I don't remember uh, who wrote this, but. What we're seeing right now with Justice Alito's proposal, mm. and, and just to kind of put in context what's going on. So let's say that the Supreme Court decides they're going to completely overturn Roe v. Wade, right? That does not make abortion illegal. Right. What that does is then it says, okay, states, you have the right to <laughs> vote and choose right. if abortion is going to be legal or illegal in your state, yeah. which is how it should be anyway. Well, I laugh because it's it's funny that right now, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, this is an assault on democracy. It's right. Like, oh, so the assault on democracy is right. to give people back the power to vote. Right. Okay. Yeah. We, That's how that works. We've had an, an assault on <laughs> right. democracy. And um, so, well, I mean, that's like... I listened to the briefing, and Al Mohler was talking about this the other day. And what Biden said was that with issues like these, these big issues, it shouldn't be trusted for the states to vote on them. Hmm. It should be something that they can dictate hmm. what should happen. That's not democracy. Right. You know, that's it's tyranny. Um, tyranny, exactly. Yeah. But so— when this ruling comes down, if it comes down as what was leaked, what will happen is that Roe v. Wade will be overturned, but Roe v. Wade is not law, right? Right. That's um, a court decision on what they're saying is, we believe this to be a right covered by the Constitution for women to murder their children. Um, and, and so what Justice Alito has written is that they do not find that to be a constitutional right. That was something that was added 50 years ago and is, in fact, unconstitutional. Mm -hmm. So then, at the national level, that will be done away with, but states still have the right to decide if they're going to allow abortions or not. Mm -hmm. um, kind of like with marijuana. The, the national level has said marijuana is an illegal substance, Colorado said, no, it's legal here, so you can have it there. Other other states have now said, yeah, you can have marijuana in this state. It, abortion would become a similar issue where it's a state-by-state -state vote, and um, and the states would choose if, right. if it's murder or if it's not. Um, but for Christians looking at what's going on— um, I think the glimmer of hope for us is if this goes through, abortions aren't going to just completely end, but it is a light that's being shown to expose the darkness. Mm -hmm. And I think what the darkness actually is, is that the American dream is built on the bones of innocent babies at the altar of convenience. And so we have an idea of what the American dream is. And that American dream that everybody's chasing is this idol. And we've built that idol on the bones of millions of aborted babies for the sake of convenience, for the sake of pursuing more money, for the sake of being able to stay in the workplace, for the sake of, mm -hmm. I just don't want to have a kid right now. I want to live my life. I don't want right. to be committed to this guy. I don't want to be committed to a child. I don't want to be committed to anything. So I'm just going to get an abortion. You know, mm -hmm. it's, um, the altar of convenience. And, um, and so what that's doing is it's, it's helping us to see and expose the darkness. And so really what we've got is this culture war that's going on, but it's a proxy <clears throat> for the spiritual war. That's mm -hmm. been going on in our country. Uh, the division in our country, um, it's been seen politically, and, and we're trying to make it, whether it's Republican versus Democrat or white versus black or all of these different things that we've seen over mask versus unmasked, you know, um, 
there's been this proxy war that we're being told this is a war for racism. This is a war for loving your neighbor and getting vaccinated and masked. Or this is a war for a woman's right to choose versus uh, a tyrannical religious government making us have to have children that we don't Mm want to have. You know what I mean? But that's all proxy for the spiritual war that is going on. Right. Because as believers, we know that there is ultimate truth. And we know that the Bible defines what murder is. And our laws define what murder is. It's the innocent taking of life. And first degree murder is premeditated innocent taking of life. Mm -hmm. And that is the definition of what we're seeing when we talk about abortion mm-hmm. it's premeditated taking innocent life and um and so um i i saw one other thing um says abortion is the most sacred religion for leftists we are about to see how radically committed many in this country are to abortion and um if you look at what scripture says about it it says that the hearts of men are inventors of evil. And John Calvin actually said that the hearts of men are idol factories. We are just constantly producing these idols. Mm-hmm. And um, abortion and that altar of convenience has been an idol that um, it's not been ripped away from people, but the light has been exposed. Mm-hmm. And what Justice Alito wrote is a... Um, a grace that God's given us as Americans to shine light on what's been going on and say, listen, everybody knows, you know, when Roe v. Wade was passed, Christians know that just because that was passed, it doesn't make it true. Right. It doesn't make it biblical. And, um, and, and so what, what these Supreme Court justices are saying is we affirm what the Bible says that's not true. That's not biblical. That was added in, and it it is not. Even though it was a precedent, it's a faulty precedent because it's not based in any truth. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I think um, I was reflecting on this yesterday, but um, what has jumped out to me the most about all of this is, is like you are saying, it's a light that's being shown is being shined on um, the darkness that was, you know, in this area. But what I was thinking about was, okay, why is it so important to people to kill the unborn? Right. <laughs> like, why are, why, why are people so insanely passionate about that? It just seems like a, like, well, seems like a weird thing. But then I was thinking, and I was like, you know, that is part of a bigger thing, and the bigger thing is we love our sin, right? and we're willing to sacrifice whatever we need to sacrifice yeah. in order to to live out our sin. And, and, yeah. and that really reminds me of um, like Romans 1, right? Mm-hmm. We've been given up to our flesh and our desires, and that has led us to a point where, or led our culture to a point where it's just willing, I mean, it's willing to do anything right. in order to well, it's pursue because, that. It's because our culture has bought into the feminist lie. Well, yeah. And the feminist lie is that a woman... So what happened is that you see men that aren't living biblically. They're being promiscuous. They're running around. They're doing all this stuff. And, and so what ended up happening was women saw that, and instead of calling them out for their sin, mm-hmm. they said, we want that same freedom. But the problem is, if we do that, we get pregnant. Well, abortion solves that issue, you know? Right. And so now I can be promiscuous, not like a man, but like a sinner, mm-hmm. you know? I can be just as sinful and not have to raise the children. Right. Whereas before... If, if you wanted to do that, then you would have children and, you know, um, now you've got all these kids that you've got to find a way to take care of. Mm-hmm. But now you can just have, I, I mean, you see people that are wearing shirts. I've had 24 abortions, you know. <laughs> right. Um, that goes back to Stacey Abrams' quote. And what I would respond to that would be, um, 
when she's saying um, that she is uh, there's this continued assault on a, a right to control our bodies and our futures as a woman I'm enraged by the continued assault on our right to control our bodies and our futures I would say if women were controlling their bodies and they were thinking about their futures there would be no need for them to kill their unborn babies right you know and and that's not just women but that is humanity mm-hmm. if men and women were controlling their bodies like scripture calls us to Paul even says, I beat my body into submission so that I don't forfeit the call in which I was called. Mm-hmm. You know, um, pornography runs rampant, not only in our culture, but in the churches in America today. Right. Um, feminism and the lies that they've been teaching run rampant, not only in our culture, but in the churches in America today. And, and so the reason I wanted to kind of cover this topic today is not just to be trendy and talk about what's going on in the world, but... The reason we started this is we want to speak the truth of the gospel to the heart of the culture. Mm-hmm. And the culture has been infected with these lies. And I want to be able to speak that truth of God's word that there is light and there is darkness, and darkness hates the light, and darkness does not want to be uncovered. It wants to stay covered up. And, um, but there is light, and what exposes things to the light is the truth of God's word. Um, God's truth always exposes darkness. And, um, and all of that goes back to the fact that we know the verse of John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his only son and whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But then we forget the next part, you know, that he didn't come to condemn the world, but the world was already condemned. Right. He is the he is the antidote mm-hmm. to the sickness that plagues all of humanity. And and so it's not like Jesus came and crashed the party. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, and and people think of, well, if I reject Jesus, then he's going to condemn me. Mm-hmm. No, we're already condemned. We're condemned because we've rejected the Father. You know, right. the rejection of the Father is what condemns us. Jesus is the anecdote, and I can choose to take that anecdote or not, mm-hmm. but if I don't have the antidote, then I'm dead. Right. You know, because I've already got the disease and the disease is sin. Mm -hmm. And so, um, those who are not spiritually vaccinated are going to die of sin. Yeah. Um, and I, I saw a, uh, yeah. Spiritual zombies. There's a, there's a shout out to the last episode. We got all those spiritual zombies that need the vaccination. Mm hmm. I saw a uh, another tweet that I'm going to bring up real quick because it kind of kind of looks at it on a different light. I think it'd be helpful to maybe address that a little bit yeah. too. Um, <laughs> Raphael Warnock is a senator uh, yeah. in the state of Georgia. His Twitter name is Reverend Raphael Warnock. <laughs> is what he said. As a pro-choice pastor, <laughs> I've always believed that a patient's room. Is a way to is a way too small for a woman, her doctor, and the United States government. I'll always fight to protect a woman's right to choose, and that will never change. Right now, that's his tweet. And then <laughs> there's a guy. I don't know if there are any football fans. Tony Dungy was a former football coach. He he gave a pretty a pretty good response. I thought he said it all comes down to what you believe about the organism growing inside the mother. Is it life or not? If it is just growing tissue, then your choice makes sense. If it is life, if it is a life, then it's obviously not okay to choose to end it. And then he says this, <laughs> what does your Bible tell you it is? Right. I was like, oh. Yeah. And then he said Psalm 119, I mean 139, 16. And... Uh, and that says, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. So, right. Um, but what Raphael Warnock is talking about is, they were advocating for, is the other angle, which is the separation of church and state angle. Okay. So you've got this idea that it is oppressive. Right, that um, that Stacey Abrams is putting forth that it ruins the right for women to have choice mm-hmm. over their bodies and things like that, 
And Raphael Warnack, I feel like, is coming at it from a different angle, which I hear a lot as well, of, well, now if we go after abortion, and a lot of, I think some Christians buy into this too, if we go after abortion, then what that's going to cause is it's going to cause church and state to be intertwined. And we don't want that to happen because if church right. and state are intertwined, you're going to have a situation like England where you got a Church of England. Mm-hmm. Now, we know that that deliberately did not happen at the very right. beginning. We There was a precedent set for separation of church and state Well, for the church. sake of— Right, but it's not a separation of God and state. Right. Church and state, not God and state. Yeah. So you didn't have a so church of Georgia right. and a church of Alabama. We don't have a state-mandated church. Right. But God is over the church, and he's over the state. Right. And God ordained the church, and he ordained the state. And right. so there's a couple things wrong with Reverend Ralph Warnock's tweet. Um, the first of which is his, as a pastor, being pro-choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he says, I will always fight for a woman's right to choose. Right. And I would push back against that and say, would you always... Mm-hmm. If I'm a woman and I have a five-year-old kid that is annoying me, can I end that child's life? Yeah. Do I have the right to choose then? At what point do I have a right when to choose? When does the logic stop? Right. Yeah. And so, and then when you get into that, then people say, well, when it's, when it's uh, able to be self-reliant. Well, at what point is a child able to be self-reliant? If you let you know? Judah loose. Right. He's not going to be self-reliant. <laughs> yeah. and, and he's three. Right. Um, but then also, <laughs> then you say, well, when he's you know, able to be um, conscious, mm-hmm. when he has consciousness. Um, but then what do you do if a person gets in a car accident and they are unresponsive? Do you right. just go ahead and kill them? Or mm-hmm. do you wait and see if you can... You know, or, or when you put somebody into a yeah a, a medically induced coma for well, the sake of healing. And what's fascinating about those different instances that you bring up is, I kind of feel like I know what someone would say. They would say, "Well, it, it would dance around the truth." Well, because you know what I mean, yes, like you know the right answer. They you know? know well, and that's what right. the Bible says: is we we know right what is true. Yeah. But Romans 1 tells us that we suppress the truth and unrighteousness right. because of what I read in John, and that is we choose the darkness rather than the light because we love our sin. Mm-hmm. And, and what we're seeing is a culture that loves its sin even to the point that they're willing to melt down at the fact that they somebody's telling them it's unlawful for you to murder your children. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not even changing laws. It's not even changing. Nothing will change in California if Roe v. Wade is overruled. Nothing will change in Oklahoma if it stays. Because Oklahoma has a law that says um, they might have like a heartbeat bill. Louisiana's passing. Louisiana, Mississippi. Mississippi, you know, all of. So Georgia's is pretty short ours is six weeks yeah yeah heartbeat um but so but my point in all of that is roe v wade's not going to change anything Mm because it's not a law it's just a court ruling right and we're governed by law um there are state laws but there's not a national law that says and, and the senate's pushing for that now um, yeah. they're wanting to make a law before the Roe v. Wade ruling comes out in June, um, saying that abortion is, you know, it's, it's law. It's on to, the illegal leak. It, it is legal to <laughs> kill your child, you know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, but yeah, so going back to that, I, I think that's, that would be my first issue with it mm-hmm. was, um, as a pastor, you're you're saying that you're pro-choice, right? Um, and I would say, yeah. In fact, I saw somebody. Um, so just thinking, the guy that does Just Thinking podcast, which is also is a part Mike? of the no, no, Bar Network, no. yeah. Um, he tweeted to Ralph Warnock and said, "If you are pro-choice and you're fighting for pro-choice, 
then you have disqualified yourself as a pastor. So you can't be a pro-choice pastor. Right. You're either pro-choice or you're a pastor. Right. And um, and so I, I agree with that sentiment. Um, read it again, though, because there's something in the middle that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. So um, it says, as a pro-choice pastor, I've always believed that a patient's room is way too small for a woman, her doctor, and the United States government. I will always fight to protect a woman's right to choose, and that will never change. So one of the things that I wanted to look at was the patient's room is way too small for a woman, her doctor, and the United States government. Right. Right? Now, the problem with that is, I mean, theoretically, the United States government's already there. (laughs) Well... You know? But So that the what I wanted to bring up with that is yeah. who legislates morality? Mm-hmm. Everybody. Any law that's passed is legislating some sort of morality. Yeah. We're just we're if if we say it is unlawful to murder a person, then we're legislating morality. If we say it's lawful to murder these people, you're legislating morality. You're saying what is right and wrong. So that's what Hitler did. He said it is lawful to murder Jewish people because they're less people than these people. Or, you know, when in America's institution, when they were saying that a black person is less person than a white person, therefore their property and you can treat them how you want to as your property— that's what the exact same thing they were doing. Mm-hmm. And and that's what Ralph Warnock is saying, is that I'm deeming these people to be less people than other people. Therefore, I'm going to legislate morality that I'm fighting for a woman's right to kill this person because they're less, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but if we're looking at it biblically, and this kind of ties into Stacey Abrams' tweet, because what she's fighting for is... Uh, reproductive rights and reproductive justice is what she said. Um, what we ultimately need is biblical justice. Um, the unborn needs biblical justice. The Jew, when Hitler was against them, needed biblical justice. The black person in early American history that was deemed less of a person needed mm-hmm. biblical justice. The social justice movement of today needs biblical justice, you know, uh, the abortion movement needs biblical justice. We need to define justice biblically and us not try to enact what we deem to be justice Mm -hmm. because we're not acting in truth. We're acting in our opinions. You know, we're saying, I believe this and I believe that, but that's not ultimate truth. That's our opinion. And when we find out that we're wrong, because only God's word is truth. Spoiler alert for next week. Mm. We find out that we're wrong. We've now legislated a false morality. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's what he's fighting for. He's fighting to legislate a false morality instead of letting God's word be ultimately true and letting that be how we decide what is a law, what is punishable, what is a crime, all of that stuff. You know? Yeah. Because if I say I reject God, if I say that, let's say I say the Bible is a myth, it's just another fictional story. I reject God, I reject the Bible. Um, then at that point, by what standard is there morality? You know, is morality something that we've evolved to have? And if so, what's the standard for what's morally right? Um, because if I was going on a trip to Africa and I see a pride of lions and they get in a fight with an unsuspecting gazelle and they kill the gazelle and then they eat it. Is that wrong of them? Well, no, they're surviving. Right. You know, um, if that lion then goes to another pride and takes over that pride and kills all the cubs of the old lion that he chased off, is that wrong? Well, no, he's just ensuring that his lineage is passed on because he's mm-hmm. got the, the stronger, um, whatever, Genes. science word. Genes, yeah. yeah. And so that's not wrong either because 
lions weren't created in God's image. The problem is when we get to Scripture, Scripture tells us that we, as human beings, are the only thing created in God's image in this world. And that's why we have unalienable rights. Uh, And those rights are not that a woman has the right to decide to murder her child. Those rights that are not something that was given to us that we've earned, it's just they're God-given, is that every single person has the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, And so that is from our Constitution, but that is ultimately from Scripture, it's God's ultimate truth. Mm-hmm. He created us. He's numbered every hair on our head. He has a plan for us. Uh, we are his workmanship, and we are fulfilling the works that he created us to fulfill. So he made us, male and female, he created us with a purpose, and he built us to be able to fulfill the purpose in which he's called us. You know? Right. So um, I don't know. That's kind of my thoughts on it. Um, what about you? Um, yeah, I mean, it's ultimately, I feel like we as a culture have for a long time have been running from the truth, um, because we are suppressing it and, and living out kind of what is described in Romans one. And when the light gets shined on the truth and there's nothing else to do to hide it, we lose our minds, you know? Right. And we're reduced to absurdity, really, because we're forced yeah. to admit the things that we are accepting in order to remain consistent, right? Right. So, um, like we were saying before, with the examples you were bringing up of, well, what if I get tired of my five-year-old kid? Or what if, yeah. you know, um, someone's on life support because they got into a car accident? Do we get to just end those people's lives? Arbitrarily. Well, the the person who's trying to remain consistent is going to have to give you some sort of answer that is mushy and right. tr- and almost justifies it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's absurd. Because, you know? Yeah, and so well, because that's the argument. The argument right. is this would be an inconvenience. Therefore, I have the right to be right. able to choose if it lives or dies. Mm-hmm. And that is completely unbiblical. Yeah, and so yeah. that's. That's, I guess, the biggest thing for me that I guess mm-hmm. I'm realizing with the with what's happened here, with the leak and everything, that it, it is really it's like a it's like a bombshell, really. Right. I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah. But but I think too, and I think this will be a good note to end on. But um, it is a common grace that God has given us, uh, because it is, like I said, it's this light that's being, uh shown to expose the darkness and like i said that darkness is that the american dream is built on the bones of innocent babies on the altar of convenience so how does the christian how does somebody who is seeking truth how is somebody who's trying to love their neighbor as himself how is somebody who's trying to uphold the first four um commandments the first table and then also uphold the second table, which is love my neighbor as myself. If I'm worshiping God properly and trying to love my neighbor, how should we be dealing with what's going on right now? And it goes back to locusts and honey and John the Baptist. We need to be calling people to repentance. Um, As darkness is being exposed by light, there is opportunity to call people to repentance because the first part of the passage I read is also true. God did so love the world that he did give his son and that whoever believes in him will not perish, but they shall be saved, you know? Mm -hmm. And so Christ is the visible manifestation of how we see God's love. Um, And those of us who have put our faith in Christ are going to be saved. We're going to be saved from our sin. and um, But just like John the Baptist, the call was repent. We need to turn from our sin uh, because the opposite of that is loving our sin. And we want to continue to hide our sin in darkness. We don't like when it's exposed to light. And so as it is being exposed, 
Christians need to take the opportunity to call people to repentance and to put their faith in Christ because every single one of us has to do that. Mm -hmm. Every single one of us is filthy. Every single one of us is infected with sin and we all need to repent and turn to Christ because he alone can wash away that sin. And so the gospel is needed now more than it ever has been. Um, But us as Christians can't be timid and can't be hiding that truth under a basket. We need to be that city on a hill that is brightly proclaiming and shining the light of, of the gospel, um, which is God's truth, you know? And, uh, and so that's my hope and my desire is that Christians who, whose lives have been transformed by the word are shining that light so that it, helps penetrate the darkness and and in doing that part of the bad part of the good news is the bad news that we're covered in sin and mm-hmm. there needs to be this repentance there needs to be this hatred of sin and this turning back to god and uh, and so we need to pray for our nation we need to pray for those that are uh visibly angry with what's going on right now um but and then also just for um, women that are in a place where they're considering abortions, we need Christians reaching out to them and loving them with the truth of the gospel. Um, women that have had abortions before that might have bought into the lie, and now they're seeing, huh? Well, this wasn't justifiable. Mm. Maybe it was selfish. There needs to be repentance, and we need to be calling them to repentance, but not as a clanging symbol saying, "Ha ha, I told you so." but in love and humility with respect for them as God's creation as well, um, calling them to repent and draw near to the Lord because all of us need to repent. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my um, practical application for what's going on for all of us as Christians is to be light and to be salt. Let the gospel dictate how we see cultural and current events uh, because it is this proxy war for the spiritual war that's going on. So we need to be level-headed, we need to have our spiritual armor on, and we need to be proclaiming the truth of the gospel in love. Yep. All right, well, if you are still here, uh, we appreciate you guys. I hope that you have a good Lord's Day, and we will talk to you next week. We're going to be talking about truth. What is truth? And then the one after that I'm really excited about. We're going to be talking about beauty. What is beauty? It'll be good. It will be. It'll be beautiful. It'll be beautiful. All right. Uh, Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.